And so I decided to put all of my information and all of my education uh, to good use to help people care for their aging pets in a way gracefully through education and to really understand um, how to give them the best quality of life as they age. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Contributing to the common good in even the smallest of ways is one of the scientifically proven ways we can age with vitality and deep contentment. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. My goal is to share optimism about aging and introduce you to guests who will excite and inspire you to share your own gifts and talents with the world. And to find out more about the podcast, my web courses, and my book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, which I found out was on the finalist list on the 2021 Best Book Awards, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits, including what's new at my Etsy shop, Zestful Design. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at judybanker.com. Ever wonder what the host of Zestful Aging does when she's not podcasting? Creating one-of-a-kind earrings, of course. I've just opened an Etsy shop called Zestful Design, no S, and it showcases my fun, comfortable, and zesty polymer earrings. These earrings are fun to make and fun to wear. So check out my new shop, Zestful Design, on Etsy. Well, I'm really excited about our interview today. I was wondering if the Facebook algorithm really has my number or are there a lot of people saying goodbye to their beloved pets recently? I am seeing so many posts of people losing their pets. Um, My own beloved dog Sparky is 16 and a half and has recently been diagnosed with cancer. So I'm keeping a watchful eye on him and I'm trying to assess if he still has a good quality of life, um, and so far so good, today's guest is going to help us understand our older pets and how we can make their lives better right up until the end. Megan Weaver is a senior pet expert focusing on improving the quality of life of our older dogs and cats. After running her own canine rehabilitation department, Megan understands the struggles that older animals face and has created solutions and strategies to help pet owners care for their pets through their senior journey. And Megan's committed to educating pet owners about how to combine their vet's expertise and diagnoses with easily implementable tools at home through guides and how-to courses. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hello there. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, I'm really excited to speak with you. I don't know if it's that 
you know, people know that um, I'm in the aging field or my friends are the same age as me, but boy, I am just hearing so much about senior dogs in particular, since I'm a, a big dog fan. And I'm just wondering how you first got into the specialty. Yeah, um, great question. I, when I was 22, I was fresh out of college and uh, working at a vet. And I ended up adopting this senior dog um, named Jack. And I realized, uh, you know, I thought he was super old when I first met him and he ended up living seven more years. Um, so what I learned throughout kind of that journey, that segment journey was I didn't, wasn't in the puppy stage. I was in the older dog stage already. I learned that moving around for them was a lot harder. I found myself worrying a lot more about, you know, is he in pain? I found myself confused about all the issues that he was having and all the products that are out there to help him. And all this while I was a veterinary technician um, and I was going through my rehab canine license. So I just, I didn't know what to do. And as a licensed veterinary technician, I wanted to do more, obviously. So I found at our vet hospital, we would talk a little bit to the owners about what they could do and how they could care for their senior pets, but there was never enough time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So after I decided to, I had a rehab department for, for five years and then decided to stay home with my little girls because they're only young ones. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I decided to put all of my information and all of my education uh, to good use to help people care for their aging pets in a way gracefully through education and to really understand um, how to give them the best quality of life as they age. I see. Um, what are some of the issues uh, of aging pets? What might we notice? What are some of the first things that we say, oh, that's not what they used to do? Right. So um, especially since... Um, my education is more in the rehab department. Moving around is huge. You know, we love taking our dogs for the walk on a walk or a hike in the park. And a lot of the clients that I talk to are just like, man, he's really just slowing down. He's, you know, it takes her a while to get up in the morning or she no longer wants to chase the ball as much. Or when she does, she comes back limping. Mm. Um, and also just eyesight and hearing, um, <laughs> can be something that does go and they're like, he's just ignoring me when it's really, there really is kind of something going on there. So um, I always say, go have your uh, dog or cat checked out by the vet first, and then let's do some more education on what, what they find at the end. Mm hmm. I knew Sparky was aging as a Jack Russell when squirrels would run in front of him <laughs> and he just sort of, you know, looked interested, but just said, you know, I'm going to yeah. let that go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so you're talking about movement. You're noticing a slowing down, um, maybe not hearing as well, not seeing as well. What about appetite? Does that change at all? Um, it can. It depends because usually their appetite is pretty normal um, unless something underlying is going on. Um, and that's where taking them to your vet to have them checked. Whenever a dog has a decreased appetite, 
especially for if it's over a day or two, I would certainly just check on that. Um, and then one other thing is um, you want to keep an eye on their weight for sure, because that can increase as their metabolism slows mm-hmm. um, or if they hurt themselves or if they have arthritis. So if that's the case, they'll start gaining more weight. And that's where you need to kind of take action to decide either to decrease the amount of food or even to um, change their food to a senior diet if you feel that's necessary. I see. You you mentioned arthritis, and I think that's something that um, is talked about a lot, like my doggy has arthritis, hard time going up the stairs, that kind of thing. What what can be done about arthritis for your for your pet? Oh my gosh, so um so much. Uh, uh tech, you know, it's just research has come along such a long way over the past 10, 15 years with this. So arthritis is, you know, a disease that just breaks down the joints and the cartilage, and then it causes pain and decreased movement in your dog. And so if you are able to catch it earlier, it's so much better because you can give them pain medication and supplements um, to start with to help the joint hopefully decrease the amount of breakdown it does at one time. So it can slow the the disease progression is what we're hoping. And then on top of that, there's movement. There's keeping the joint moving, making sure um, the muscles are nice and strong um, because they can get super tight as well when your dog has arthritis and he doesn't want to move around as much. Um, and one of the main things is keep them moving. So mm. making sure there's pain control on board when they need it and making sure they're moving. I say the one thing about arthritis is it waxes and wanes a lot of the time. They have good days and bad days. And um, knowing what you can do on a bad day is huge for their quality of life. You could give them a massage or you can give them a pain pill, whatever you need to do in that instance. I, I see. What does a doggy massage look like? Yeah, so I love doing this with my own animals. I do them to my dogs and cats. I have my dog is 11 and I have a nine-year-old dog and then um, my two cats, Mouse and Bella, are 15 and mm-hmm. they just move around a little slower than usual and some of them have arthritis. So um, what you do is you're actually using your hands, your own two hands to manipulate muscles and, and on your pet. And then you're slowly relaxing their mind as well. So you're not just doing a psychological like relaxation, but you're also doing like a physical relaxing of the muscles and loosening them because arthritis, when it sets in, can really tighten up those muscles because they don't want to move the joint anymore. Um, so it's, and it's actually so relaxing for you as well, because I'm always like in a Zen state while I do it and my animals just melt into the ground and they get this look, right? Like they're so blissed out. (laughs) Yes. I have seen that look. Yes. (laughs) So, so it's rubbing in and around the joint area, like of the hips or of, of the, the knees. Yeah, well, it's it's actually quite interesting because it's not necessarily where the arthritis is. So if you have a dog with an arthritic knee or an arthritic hip, sometimes the best area you can massage is the shoulder blades because they're using compensatory muscles, which are muscles that take on more of the weight 
because they don't want to use that leg as much. So the mm. muscles, those muscles are actually tighter and you can massage those muscles out. And I have a lot of people say, well, I massage my dog and they kind of do a quick three second, show me how they do it. And it's like, there's definitely more to it than that just because actually knowing the muscles and where they are and why you're massaging them can be huge. And then also knowing the techniques for um, when you use a certain technique um, versus another um, is just wonderful education to have in the, your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Do you use oils um, like you might on a human? Nope. They uh, Their fur usually just go with their fur and you don't go back the other way. <laughs> you go I with see. the fur. <laughs> with the you, fur. <laughs> that's more of a stimulating massage. So if you want a relaxing one, you go with the fur. <laughs> okay. I see. So that sounds really lovely. And who doesn't need to be relaxed right now? <laughs> right. It sounds like that could be under the, li- the list under, how do you feel better during COVID? That, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, do a little puppy massage. No one <laughs> tells you that. But so that sounds like a wonderful um, way to feel good for yourself and knowing you're helping your dog. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have found that um, owners, if they feel like their dog is feeling better, they feel better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a, there's a direct correlation, it seems to be, because that connection with your pet is so, so deep, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So massage is excellent, doesn't cost anything, and it sounds like it can be really helpful. Are there any particular supplements that you recommend? Sure. I mean, it's always great to talk to your vet and see what they say as well, but I... um, I recommend um, fish oil because Mm -hmm. that has been scientifically proven to help um, with joint health. Um, I give my dogs Movoflex because that has a whole bunch of different um, ingredients in it that actually target the joint in different ways. And I saw a big improvement in my little mini Australian shepherd Einstein when I started using it with him. So that's a great name because they are so smart. (laughs) Yeah. Mobile flex. Okay. So that's helpful as well. Um, anything in particular with, I know that this is, we're sort of getting into some controversial, uh, topics here, but do you feed them anything in particular, um, in addition to doing fish oil? Um, I just feed them Hills, um, science diet. Um, if they get on the chunkier side, I do use, um, science diet mobility, um, and uh, I think it's healthy, um, healthy weight. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure, I think one of the main things you can do is make sure your dog or cat is at a healthy weight and that okay. will help arthritis so much. That's good to know because mm-hmm. I find myself as Sparky is really aging. And in fact, has a cancer diagnosis. I'm like, oh, you know, you can't do what you used to. Here's another piece of chicken or here's sure. another piece of cheese. Um, which isn't, I guess, ultimately that helpful for well, him. When you think about it, you can certainly give him that piece of cheese if he enjoys it or the chicken. But when you feed him his regular dinner, take a couple kibble away. You know, okay. just try to, to even out those calories that you're giving him. Mm-hmm. That's That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> 
Hi, listeners. I wanted to introduce you to a podcast that I think you will love. It's called Out There. Here's the trailer, and in one of the new episodes, you will hear yours truly talk about a healing walk through the woods. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Willow Belden, the host of Out There Podcast. Over the past almost seven years, we've been bringing you outdoor stories that help you make sense out of your life and your world. This February, we're launching a new season. Hello! That's so... the bear doesn't get me. That's Sarah Dealey. Growing up, Sarah was not outdoorsy, and she was not athletic. Once I had to write an apology note to my phys ed teacher because instead of trying to hit the softball that was pitched to me, I screamed and ran away every time. But at age 20, during a terrible bout of depression, she enrolled in a wilderness therapy program. By the end of the program, Sarah was ready to embrace nature. She didn't want to be an indoor kid anymore. Instead, she envisioned a new version of herself, a rugged outdoors woman. I could see her so clearly. She was about 70 pounds thinner than me, a tan mountain climber with ripped calves and a well-trained dog. She was someone who had her life together, and that life was wild. She was beautiful. But when Sarah got back to the real world, she didn't end up becoming that outdoor girl. Turns out, changing who you are isn't that simple. Sarah's story is one of many we'll be sharing with you this season. The episodes will all be the kind of personal, introspective narratives you know and love. But there will be a common theme. The theme is Things I Thought I Knew. Each episode will share a story about an outdoor experience that changed someone's understanding. In some cases, the storytellers gain new understanding about themselves. I don't have to define myself by negation, saying, I'm this, not that. In some stories, our guests discover new truths about how to rise to the challenges in their lives. I really felt like... You know, I was this, like, princess. Um, I felt beautiful. And that's not a thing I feel often um, as a Black woman. And in one case, we have a storyteller who figures out a new way to do good in the world by tackling a difficult history head-on. If national parks are America's best idea, and there are deep, painful injustices embedded in their creation, What does that say about America? To hear all of these stories and many more, follow us on your podcast platform of choice. The season begins February 3rd, and we'll be releasing new episodes every two weeks after that through the middle of May. You can find Out There wherever you get your podcasts and at outtherepodcast.com. Um, so this is, 
It's tricky. I mean, how do we know? And this I know is a personal um, kind of thing, but how do we know that they are not enjoying their lives anymore and that we need to start thinking seriously about euthanizing, putting them to sleep? Yeah, that is um, a really personal and, and sad issue. And, and a lot of people go there quickly because that's what they think of. And, you know, um, it's, I just lost actually my cat, Telly, who was 15. And her sisters are, you know, Bella and Mouse, who are still with me. But um, she had cancer as well. And um, it was hard to decide for sure. One of the best things I have found out there to help you decide is you know your dog best and you know what he likes to do. And if you have a jar and have two different colored beads um, or stones, you know, a red stone and a blue stone, and if he has a good day, goes for a walk, he snuggles with you, he nuzzles into your hand, he's eating, put a you know, put a nice red bead into that jar that's saying he had a good day. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's having not such a good day, not eating, maybe had an accident in the house, is not looking at you, sleeping the whole time, maybe put a blue one into that jar. And, you know, that that makes it so you can keep an eye on him throughout the weeks and months to see, you know what, that jar is looking really blue, you know, and that mm-hmm. that can be sort of a way to just keep an eye on it and kind of help you make that decision. What a great visual. I can imagine also doing like a star on a calendar for sure. a good day. Yeah, yeah that's 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 a great visual. Um, I've just become aware, and maybe everybody knows this, but um, when you decide that it is time, you can actually have someone come to your home and yes. not go to the vet. Is that something that you've had success with? Yes, actually, um, with Telly, uh, they actually did come to my house. And honestly, the, the 24 hours when I knew I was going to do it were probably the hardest, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. But, um, I wanted to do it also because my eight year old daughter was so connected to Telly, my cat. And I wanted her to be able to say goodbye. And that was probably the hardest thing as a parent I have ever done mm, <laughs> in wow. my life. But hindsight, I felt like it was the best thing we could have done for her. And we cried and we talked about it. And I said, what do you want to do to help? And she said, I want to draw her. So she was drawing her the night before and she snuggled her. We slept with her the whole night. And then she said goodbye in the morning. I went to school and we did it around, you know, 11 o'clock. The vet came and the vet was very helpful and a technician came and they did everything right there and Mm -hmm. she ate everything i gave her so much Mm -hmm. food right at the end and she ate everything so she she at least passed happy (laughs) Mm, what a beautiful lesson um for your daughter that it's not something to um pretend it's anything but sad what it is you know really being able I'm, well, you have to forgive me I'm a psychotherapist <laughs> I, <laughs> no, being I, able to at that young age know that she can tolerate all kinds of feelings and that that's what life's about and you're giving her such a gift you know it didn't feel like it at the time. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> I'm not gonna lie yeah <laughs> but um you know I um 
I got a, you know, a children's book about it. We talked about it and it was called, I forget the name of it. It was like the unleash. And, and it was always that you would have a, an invisible leash to your pet. So I was able to, mm. you know, you always have this connection, even if your pet is not there. And we mm-hmm. talk about her still, you know, I still miss her dearly. And so does Cora, but I go, I miss her too. Like, and we hug it out and, and we talk about it. So <laughs> you it's hug just, it out. I love that. <laughs> and, and this grief that I have just ebbs and flows. Um, mm-hmm. but I know she's always there and I know, you know, I will feel better, you know, and she will feel better. So it's, this is yeah. the hardest thing people say about owning pets. <laughs> oh, sure. I've heard people say I can't go through that again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of sad too, though, in itself, because another pet is out there just waiting for you to, to love them and give them a wonderful life, you know, if you felt that dearly about your other pet, you know, so. And it's interesting because it's like I hear people say if they have a, a, more than one child, I love them differently. They'll never replace, you know, a new kitty right. will never replace your, nope. your, but there's a different kind of love that opens up because they're different. Yes. And you're busy with them. You're doing other things. So almost your mind is busy as well. So you're not just thinking about losing your other pet mm. all the time, you know. So maybe this is a a question that, um, you know, is, is a bit obvious, but I'm so um, taken by people's relationships with particularly, uh, you know, I'm a dog person. Mm-hmm. And I... I know that there's some, not only, of course, that you're with them all the time, you're caring for them, and there's a bond there. Are you aware of any of the science that talks about why we love our pets so much and how, why they're so beneficial? Uh, Well, they don't talk back. (laughs) (laughs) That is a plus. (laughs) Um, Well, I I find that, actually, there was a study... um, in my, uh, I think it was in Sweden that talked about how owning a dog can actually decrease heart disease because you're out walking your dog and you are bonding with your dog. And touch itself, um, I'm sure as you know, releases um, endorphins in your body, like mm-hmm. just happy, you know, happy little endorphins. So just having something there with you all the time, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're having a hard time or even when I'm sick. I snuggle up with my animals and it's like they know. So they're there to just, they're in tune with you as much as you're in tune with them. And they're just always there for you and there's no judgment and it's just Mm -hmm. so lovely. Yeah, that's right. I've read that too. And um, there's a sense that we only know the half of it, right? How how smart and how um, they know things. they're able to um, sniff out tumors. They're able to do things that, um, if I'm understanding and remembering correctly from watching documentaries, um, that they we still don't really understand how they do that. Yeah, it's it's, it's really fascinating. Um, they're so the you know the certain types of breeds that they use are so intelligent. And they just learn. They're like, okay, this smells like this and this smells mm-hmm. like this. So, and then they memorize it. Um, you know, the bomb dogs that they have and, um, the drug dogs. And then also the, the, I know they have dogs. Um, I saw 60 minutes piece with, uh, children that have like, uh, seizures and they can be mm-hmm. there with them. 
to help them or or if their blood sugar goes or if they have if they can actually tell if their blood sugar is getting too low that's amazing and certainly their um their work with veterans Mm -hmm. has been profound and prisoners yeah uh sort of a bridge back to humanity if you've been wounded psychologically yeah, I feel like it. Owning a pet might just like turn on your compassionate side a little more. Like you're there, and this this little thing is relying on you to keep it healthy and around. But in return, they will be by your side and your your best companion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fascinating. Oh, it really is. Um, I was reading too that one of the reasons they've been so successful as um, pets is they make eye contact. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so that really speaks to us mm-hmm. as humans, like, oh, you know, I can connect and know you, whereas some, some, um, most animals are, are not um, evolved to do that. So that's something, a big, big plus in their favor. It's funny. That's so interesting. I never really thought of that. But yeah, this morning Einstein was staring at me at the bed, like, mm. get up, mom. And then, yeah. My cats do that too, but I feel like it's a little more judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> cats have that reputation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some materials that help people uh, understand um, and and, ha- and and assist their their aging pets. Do you want to talk a little bit about what your offerings are? Yeah, sure. Um, thank you. I So uh, what I started was um, if pet owners just kind of wanted to dip their toes in what they could do um, for their senior pet. And these are things that they can do right at home. Um, I have a, a PDF-free uh, guide that talks about eight things your senior dog wants you to know. And it's just things around the house that they may want you to do, like making sure they have a supportive arthritic bed um, is huge because uh, as as they age, their muscles break down a little more. So when they're on the floor, they actually, it's more, you know, bony, bone to the floor, which is mm, not comfortable. So, I see. Mm-hmm. And even getting beds around the areas that they like. So even more of like a multiple bed. And so an arthritic bed is the one you want to choose. So it gives them that support that they need. Is it like a memory foam? Yeah, it can be a memory foam. They have all mm-hmm. different types for sure. Um, and then also uh, one more tip from that one. <laughs> There's mm. eight of them, but one more is uh, just... If your dog has arthritis or is neurologic and is having trouble moving around your house and you have tile floors or wood floors, slipping can become a huge issue. So even if you put like a yoga mat or a throw rug around the corners or on the bottom of the stairs of where they go, Mm. that will help them give them a little more traction as they move around the house. What a great idea. Yeah, I've noticed that, that it's hard to get momentum going up the stairs when it's slippery on the wood floor. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so um, things like that. And then my, um, I have an eight things your senior cat demands you to know free PDF <laughs> because let's all be honest here, uh, senior cats will demand you to know what you mm. need to know. Um, and again, a good cat bed, but also having clean, fresh water for them, even on every floor um, is, is good because we need to make sure they stay hydrated. Um, 
And then lowering their litter box, especially with arthritis, if you make their litter box lip a little lower, they might actually use it a little easier because they don't have to, you know, really uh, flex their joints to get in to use the wow. litter box. Wow, those are great suggestions. Yeah, you, I mean, those are the suggestions that just regular people wouldn't have thought of. And that's, um, and they're simple and totally doable. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of dipping your toe in what you could do around the house to make your dog just a little more comfortable and happy as he goes through his senior years. Mm-hmm. That sounds really great. So where can um, our listeners get your PDF? Yeah, so they can go to uh, www.theseniorpetmovement.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at The Senior Pet Movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can always, uh, you know, email me if they have any questions about their own dog or have any questions about my business at theseniorpetmovement at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And um, do you work with people virtually? So I did do that for a little while, <clears throat> but I felt uh, courses was the better way to go because I'm not a vet, so I don't want conflicting information coming from, you know, the two of us. But what I have done is started making courses, and I have this wonderful, easy-to-follow senior dog and cat massage workshop mm-hmm. where in this course, um, it's so easy to follow, and you'll gain complete confidence that you are the one to relieve the anxiety and muscle tension throughout your pet's whole body. Um, mm, I love that. It just seems like it would have so many positive ripple effects I know, I on know. the whole family. <laughs> it's just giving you the power to be able to help your dog if they're having mm. a bad day right there, right then and there with your own two hands. And it just gives you all the, the tips and techniques um, and shows you each muscle and and but it's easy to follow because I, I'm right with you the whole way. So it's just, it's a wonderful tool to have. And I, I honestly, I, um, I do it to every animal I see now. I don't even realize I'm starting to massage their spinal muscles or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, one quick story. I was, uh, took my kids to a uh, petting zoo and I started massaging this, um, goats uh, i thought you were gonna say that muscles. i was he, waiting for that <laughs> and then he started following me around the uh <laughs> the, suit the rest of the time i, I had this vision that you're gonna say you went to goat yoga <laughs> yeah. and instead of doing yoga you were massaging the goats they're all lined up <laughs> oh wow oh what a lovely thing in so many ways it was pretty funny So, Megan Weaver, thank you so much for your time. And um, you can find out more at SeniorPetMovement.com. Really appreciate your uh, talking to us today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. 
If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.